Hey guys, this is AB. This is the Talk About God podcast, um, aka Talk With God, aka Talk With My Husband, or whatever else. Doesn't matter. Talk, talk, talk. Um, I was reminded yesterday of the story of Joseph, and I don't know if anybody else is super familiar um, about with super familiar uh, with Joseph. Um, but I think Lisa Turkhurst is one of my favorites at explaining the story. She says the Bible clearly says that Joseph is fine because it says that he is well built and handsomely made, um, gets him into some trouble, but essentially the gist of the story is Joseph could decipher his dreams, um, had a dream that all his brothers would bow down to him. He was the youngest brother. He was the favorite brother. Daddy made him a coat of many colors, um, which set him apart from his brothers, and um, he was the one who didn't have to work. Anyway, so his brothers get mad. They get sick of it. They throw him in a cistern. Then they pull him out, and they're like, no, 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 let's kill him. And then the oldest brother, Reuben, such a good guy, says, no, let's not kill him. Let's, you know, let's just leave him down here. Whatever. Well, they end up selling him off into slavery. Such sweet brothers they were. And in slavery, he ends up being bought by a Egyptian, like, guard, Potiphar. And so he works at Potiphar's house, takes care of everything. And God's with him the whole time. I can't stress enough the fact that it literally says he got sold into slavery And God was with him. Like, that lets me know bad things are going to happen, y'all. Like, stupid things. Things that should never happen. Like, his brother sold him into slavery. What kind of jacked up mess is that? But God was still with him. So anyway, so he goes into slavery. He's working at Potiphar's house. He does everything. Potiphar is, like, just enamored with him. Puts him in charge of everything. Thinks he's so fabulous. Well, Potiphar's wife. Um, Also thinks that Joseph is fabulous um because he fine and so she's like (laughs) literally she makes it into the bible with the words come to bed with me five words come to bed with me that is what she is um in the bible for I'm sure she is you know super proud but anyway she says this to him twice he refuses her because he is a man of God and he knows Potiphar put him in charge of everything, but not his wife. And, um, he literally runs away. Well, she grabs his jacket. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed yet. Um, I think Lisa Turkers also pointed out that at some point this boy needs to learn how to quit wearing jackets because it's his jacket that's been getting him in trouble for years. Like first it was that darn coat of so many colors that like set him apart from his brothers and made him look all special now it's his jacket that she's grabbed a hold of and so he runs off he leaves his jacket and because she got it she tore it off of him so Potiphar comes back and she's holding this jacket and she's like you're your servant your servant he tried to he tried to you know rape me no but anyway she lies she's a nasty dirty liar so she lies Potiphar gets furious and throws him in jail. He throws him in the jail 
at the pharaoh's i guess it's a castle i don't know i don't know what the pharaoh lived in at that point a big huge brick house i don't know anyway so he puts him underneath pharaoh's living quarters now what i need to point out that is not clearly stated in the bible that is something i found in research that i found personally very interesting there were two different jails okay there was a jail for hebrews which was awful even worse and there was a jail for royal um prisoners so what i mean by that is pharaoh had his own special jail for whoever he got ticked off at that week there was also the hebrew jail which you just sat and rot in so i need you to know he went to jail like he totally went to jail and it still says god was with him he didn't go to hebrew jail y'all he went to the pharaoh's jail so he was basically considered a part of the royal household of sorts at that point already so anyway he's surrounding this you know jail in this jail he does good he is joseph i mean he works his butt off they give him you know they make him in charge of all the other prisoners and you know he's still a leader of sorts um even then and you know it, it still says god was with him he in jail god's with him now if i remember correctly he was in jail 10 years i think i'm gonna have to go back and double check it something tells me it's like i don't know it was a while maybe it was four i don't know that open up your bible and take a read of that if you want to know exactly how long he was in jail but it was not a short stint it was over a year that he was in prison and um what happened is a cupbearer and the bread maker come in pharaoh throws him in prison they he's furious at him they each have dreams and joseph interprets the dreams for them and he tells them you know one of you you getting your head taken off the other one of you you're going to be restored back to your original position so when this happens remember me remember me here in this jail so they do they both get out and it happens one gets killed and the other gets restored and you know and true to life the other one that gets restored completely forgets about sweet old joseph hanging out and so joseph sits in that um for another like i think it might be another three years after that it's like ridiculous anyway he sits in jail and then one day pharaoh's like i had a dream oh my gosh what does it mean and the then I, it's a cupbearer if i remember correctly that doesn't get his head cut off he's like oh yeah there's a dude in the jail he he interpreted mine and the other guy's dream and he was spot on so pharaoh's like go get him he comes up he interprets pharaoh's dream and it's about you know famine famine's coming um you're gonna have seven good years of plenty and you're gonna have seven years of famine so you need to start like storing stuff up now god's telling you that you need to you need to get prepared um and in that in him just doing what he's always done the gift that god has always given him the fact that he just used it in that moment and you know he didn't lie he didn't manipulate he did nothing he just used his gift and that was it um pharaoh was like okay well i need somebody to do this for me i'm gonna put you in charge of it like i've heard about everything you've done while you were in potiphar's house and while you were in prison and you seem like the man for the job you'll be second in command you will answer only to me no one will come to me without going through you first so god literally took him from a cistern 
with brothers who hated him and put him as the leader of all of Egypt. Okay. Then, because it always gets better, I need to also establish the fact that this is the story every church has ever told about forgiveness. Okay. And when I personally, myself, was having some hard struggles with forgiveness, God gave me this story. But, but God pointed out to me personally, and I could be wrong. This is just what I took from it. If you actually read the text, it goes through and, you know, all these things happen. Then famine hits land. Well, of course, the brothers come to Egypt. They starving. Now, dad already thinks that Joseph's dead. Like, he's still in mourning. He is not right. He hadn't been right since the day he thought his son died because that's what his brothers told him. So, the brothers come to Egypt. They don't recognize him because, one, he's all in Egyptian garb and, you know, fixed up. Two, he's speaking Egyptian. He's not even speaking Hebrew to them. Um, He refuses to. He immediately, immediately recognizes them. They have no clue who he is. Now, in church culture, I always got taught that Joseph, like, oh my gosh, that was just this amazing reunion and he immediately forgive, forgave them and la la la. No. No. That's not what happened, guys. Joseph was furious. Joseph <laughs> told them to bring his brother because he had a half-brother, Seth. I believe it was Seth. You'll have to double-check me. But anyway, Benjamin. Sorry, Benjamin. It was Benjamin. Anyway, he's like, you bring me my, like, you bring, like, how many brothers are there? And, you know, he was asking all these questions like he didn't know them, knowing that Benjamin existed. And Benjamin's his half-brother, one that he truly loved. And he was like, you bring, bring him. You bring him and I will give you food. And he locked one of the brothers up or two of them and only sent one of them back home. Um, So he kept a couple brothers in prison as um, collateral to make sure that he would get his way and get to see Benjamin. So, I mean, they were locked up for days, guys. This was not... mm -mm. And then finally, by the end of it, all the brothers are there. He invites them to dinner. They still don't know. And it's not until after he's tortured them a while that he finally tells them, hey, I'm your brother. Then they're scared that he's going to kill them because of everything that they did to him. And it's then in their fear and their repentance, they said, sorry. That's when they were able to reconcile. He forgave them. He'd already forgiven because he already acknowledged the fact that had they never done all of those things, their family would have died. Like he had to go to Egypt. He had to do all these things because had he not, he would not have been in charge of Egypt. He would not have saved thousands upon thousands of lives, his families included. So he saw God in all of it. He knew God was with him the whole way. He had forgiven them of their awful, awful deeds, but there was not reconciliation He was not okay with them, guys. He was not okay with them until he heard them repent and genuinely apologize for what they had done. That, my friends, is what allowed them to have a relationship. So this preaching that we like to throw out at everyone in church, which makes you feel like an awful person, mind you, 
Me personally, oh my gosh, I like, I've beat myself up for years because I'm like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to just forgive them and let them keep walking on me like I'm a human doormat? Like, what do you mean? Like, that's what forgiveness is? If that's what forgiveness is and something's wrong here, like, I don't, I'm not allowed to repent. I'm not allowed to like, you know, be forgiven for my sins and keep committing the exact same sins all lackadaisical. Like, that doesn't work. Jesus doesn't do that. I don't understand. That's because it's not the way it's supposed to be, guys. Um, so, I think in this particular rant, what I'm trying to get at is, one, God is with you even in the really crappy stuff. Like, even when you feel like this moment is one of your worst like, cannot believe this is happening. Oh my gosh, God, how could you? Where are you? He's with you. He's with you. Make no mistake. He is with you. He sees you and he has a plan for you. Now, his plans don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Not even going to lie. I don't get it. But he sees the 10 year long picture, not the week long, day long, month long. He sees the whole thing, not just the tiny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny little portion that I see or we see. So first, God is with you. Second, forgiveness is for you. Okay. Forgiveness is something you must do in order to continue to fulfill God's plans for you. Forgiveness is not for the other people. Joseph didn't forgive his brothers for his brothers. He'd forgiven his brothers long before his brothers had shown up. He did that for himself. How else could he have survived in prison and in slavery and all these things if it were not for the fact that he had A, already forgiven them and B, had God with him? He couldn't have done it. Okay? He would have turned bitter He would not have been the leader, the godly man that he was had he held on to that bitterness and that pain and all of that. So there is that. And then my last and in my opinion, most comforting point. Just because you forgive someone, it does not mean you have to have a relationship with that person. You don't, guys. This is insanity that we're trying to teach each other. You don't. You can forgive your abuser and love them in a godly manner and never see them again. You can do that. You totally can do that. That is a-okay, guys. Like, this is insane. You don't have to continue to have the same relationship with someone after that person has broken that. You don't have to. This is this is insanity. Literally, definition of insanity to repeat the exact same, you know, things and expect different outcomes. It's not going to happen. Okay? It's just not. You grew up abused, guess what? You don't have to continue having that relationship. It's okay. Now, with that said, if that person comes to you and is truly repentant 
and truly apologizes and all of those things and seeks reconciliation because I need you to know forgiveness that's for you reconciliation not forgiveness guys these are two different things um if that person comes to you and seeks reconciliation that's a different ball game guys and that's something that you have to pray about you have to think about and if god leads you into that and they truly have changed and it's not just a ploy because trust me i know what that looks like um been down that road guys um it's one of the hardest i'm not gonna lie that's one of the hardest things to break is the cycle of someone treating you awful and then forget like apologizing and asking for forgiveness you know the next day or or what next minute or whatever and then you believing that and going right back into it and it creates a cycle so i need you to know that you very much need to be prayerfully minded about it keep god in the center of it and just know that no matter what forgiveness does not mean that you have to have a relationship with that person repentance means there will be a relationship there will be something reestablished. forgiveness just means you're no longer trying to punish them for what they've done to you forgiveness is for you it is acknowledging that god is gonna handle it god will handle it he'll take care of it you don't have to worry about it anymore you don't have to be mad about it and trust me it takes a while to not be mad about it it does forgiveness in my opinion has taken me personally time it's a time thing it's a lot of prayer it's a lot of time um but anyway just know god's with you he loves you um i don't know forgiveness is for you and reconciliation doesn't always happen anyway i pray that god's with you today i pray that you see him um that you get to hear him um my one of my favorite verses is just the ask and the answers will be given to you seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open to you so guys ask seek and knock like do it you got this